the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Intelligent Radio, fueled by Lucky's Station. With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. President Donald Trump's U.N. ambassador says that the administration hasn't changed its conditions regarding talks with North Korea amid growing tensions over the North's nuclear and missile programs. U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley says that the administration could talk with North Korea if the North agrees to certain terms before the talks. There could be a time where we talk to North Korea, but a lot of things have to happen before that actually takes place. They have to stop testing. They have to be willing to talk about banning their nuclear weapons. Those things have to happen. What we're trying to do is make sure we don't repeat what's happened the last 25 years. Haley says that President Trump's nuclear button statement was intended as a word of caution to North Korea's Kim Jong-un. I think that he always has to keep Kim on his toes. It's very important that we don't ever let him get so arrogant that he doesn't realize the reality of what would happen if he started a nuclear war. Haley appearing on ABC's This Week. This is SRN News. Mark Levin doesn't see evidence of collusion. What the media should be reporting is Mr. Mueller doesn't have a collusion case. Mr. Mueller does not have a criminal case against anybody so far where he claims they were colluding with the Russians to influence the elections to help elect Donald Trump. Now, maybe that'll come, but it didn't come through Manafort. Didn't come through Gates. Flynn, who's left? Are they going to go after Kushner? Mark Levin, weeknights at 8 on AM 1280. The Patriot Intelligent Radio. You're listening to AM 1280, The Patriot Intelligent Radio. Coming up next is the best and longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network with the closer Brad Carlson, so don't go anywhere. First, we're going to give you a quick weather update now. High of 30 degrees and mostly cloudy skies for today. Similar conditions for Monday, all the way up to 35 for Tuesday, and then a high of 40 degrees with a little bit of fog and freezing rain on Wednesday. Stay tuned for the closer, Brad Carlson on AM 1280, The Patriot. Bye for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280, the Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we'd like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson, as I am uh, conducting my first live broadcast of the year 2018. As always, you can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. And you can uh, text any comments or questions, 651-243-0390, or weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN. That's hashtag N-A-R-N. For any comments or questions regarding today's show content. As always, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Looking forward to another uh, busy year on uh, the uh, longest-running 
and most popular weekend conservative talk radio station in the Twin Cities. Yeah, going to be celebrating 14 years of the Northern Alliance Radio Network coming up in March. I've been here for, it'll be seven years for me in June, so I've been here for half of the run. I'm just riding the coattails of what all of the uh, Narn guys uh, set forth uh, ahead of me, but uh, always glad to be here and glad to be with you. And I talked a little bit about it last week. 2018 is going to be absolutely insane here in the state of Minnesota alone when it comes to political news. I mean, think about everything that's up. Uh, Mark Dayton's not running for re-election, so obviously the gubernatorial election was going to be up in 2018 regardless, but with Mark Dayton not running, it's a wide-open seat. Obviously all the constitutional offices that go with that, Auditor, Attorney General, and Secretary of State, and then you've got all 134 Minnesota State House seats. And then on the federal side, as usual, every two years, you have all eight U.S. House seats from Minnesota going to be up for re-election or election, as it were. But both U.S. Senate seats, I mean, Amy Klobuchar's term was up anyways in 2018, but now, with Al Franken having moved on, uh, there will be a special election for the remaining two years of his term. His term was set to expire in 2020. Uh, Tina Smith, as the interim senator, was sworn in this past week, and she will have to seek re-election for that seat if she wants to uh, fill out the remainder of the term. So, yeah, it's going to be an insane year in 2018, and we're going to have uh, as many local candidates on as we can because it is going to be a, uh, a big year for Republicans. A lot of people are anticipating an anti-Republican wave, but, of course, in light of tax reform being passed and, and the economy humming along and the stock market uh, reaching record highs, again, you could argue whether or not that has anything to do with what Republicans have done or haven't done, and, the, and all would be fair discussion points, but the fact of the matter is, are people going to be so hepped up with anti-Trump rage that they're willing to go out and kick out their members of Congress? I don't know. We'll find out. So much can happen. I mean, so much can happen. After the Republicans bungled the health care repeal and replace over the summer, they looked like to be a bunch of dead people walking in Congress. But then tax reform, people touted that and think, okay, maybe that might uh, might save them. Who's to say? I don't know. But we're going to be here talking about it on the Northern Alliance Radio Network throughout the year. Hey, speaking of Al Franken, uh, as I alluded to, he uh, officially resigned his Senate seat this past Tuesday. And then uh, Tina Smith, who was the uh, lieutenant governor under uh, Governor Mark Dayton, uh, I believe she was sworn in this past Wednesday. I don't know the exact time frame, but she was officially sworn in this past week. And this kind of caps off a kind of a sorry episode for Democrats, given how they pushed Al Franken out. Now, initially, they were hesitant to push out Al Franken. And I remember at the time when the accusations were piling up of him behaving inappropriately with different women before his Senate career and then during his uh, Senate career, uh, I, I made the comment that it didn't make a lot of sense for Democrats politically to, to back Al Franken. And it didn't make a lot of sense politically because it's the Democrats' own fault that it didn't make sense for them politically because they painted themselves into the, cor- into the corner with, uh, well, it all started with Hillary Clinton during a presidential campaign, that any woman who is, uh, all women have a right to be believed if they claim they were sexually harassed or sexually assaulted. And, of course, right away that blew up in Hillary Clinton's face because 
people are saying, okay, what about these multiple accusers of your husband when he was governor of Arkansas or when he was running for governor of Arkansas, specifically Winita Broderick, in her story, which was very credible, but then was summarily dismissed. Or when Paula Jones came forward with her allegations while Bill Clinton was president. You had men, powerful men, basically denigrating these women, particularly James Carville, the chief Clinton strategist. Of course, he had the famous quote, you know, when Paula Jones came out with her allegations. Well, you never know what you're going to find around a trailer park when you go around there waving a $20 bill around there. Okay, that was essentially what James Carville had said. So, of course, when Hillary comes up with this and people are starting to press her, well, what about we need a Broderick? What about Kathleen Willey? What about Paula Jones? All of these women who allege that your husband uh, behaved inappropriately, do they have a right to be believed? And, of course, Hillary's like, well, well, I mean, they have a right to believe if their accusations are credible. Okay, why aren't they credible? Can you please explain? And then, amazingly, on Hillary Clinton's campaign website, that phrase of all women have a right to be believed, that conveniently disappeared. So right away, the, the cracks were starting to develop in the, in the Democrats' uh, wall, their defense wall, of how they were going to nail the Republicans, specifically Donald Trump, because, of course, Donald Trump has a history of demeaning women, and there was even allegations that he had behaved inappropriately towards women and allegations that he groped women. Okay, And so the Democrats were looking at this and saying, well, Trump is elected president. You know, we've got the you know, we've got uh, these uh, defenses, you know, where these women are come out with these allegations. And then, of course, the October surprise came out where Trump, uh, I won't repeat what he said on the tape because it's pretty graphic, but about grabbing women in a certain area. Right. And so the Democrats felt like they had a winning issue and Trump inexplicably won in November. Well, then it continued with this whole Me Too movement. Now, don't get me wrong. I've said on these airways many times that I, I appreciate what the Me Too movement has done because it has revealed some pretty serious uh, activity and serious, serious wrongdoing by powerful men. I mean, look at Harvey Weinstein in Hollywood. You've got uh, media types like Charlie Rose at CBS, gone. Matt Lauer, NBC, gone. Kevin Spacey, he's basically been persona non grata. There's been a lot of accusations and, and revelations of powerful men finally being exposed for years, maybe even decades, of inappropriate behavior towards women or in the case of Kevin Spacey, uh, there was an allegation from a from a teenage from a uh, a gentleman who was then a teenager when he alleged Kevin Spacey behaved inappropriately toward him. I bring all this up to say that the Democrats, basically, because they painted themselves in the into a corner, had to insist Al Franken resigned, and he did. But as I said a couple of weeks ago, after Roy Moore the Republican Senate candidate out of Alabama for the special election for Jeff Senate, Jeff Sessions' old Senate seat. This was all a setup because they figured Roy Moore would win the special election. So then the pressure ramped up for Al Franken to resign after not wanting to throw Franken under the bus because he's such a valuable fundraiser and he's become a powerful voice for the Democrats in the Senate, you know, because he's a uh, an acerbic, uh, jerk, I'll clean it up, uh, during when during his time in the Judiciary Committee when he's grilling Trump nominees for different cabinet positions. And, and that's not to say that Trump nominees should be exempt from difficult questions, 
But when it goes from d- difficult questions and crossing a line into Al Franken being a, again, I'll clean it up, jerk, all right, the Democrats loved him. And, of course, he's this big fundraiser for them. You need you need to raise money, infuse money into your campaign, call Al Franken for fundraiser. Hollywood buddies will infuse your campaign with cash, and it's taken care of. Well, it got to the point where the Democrats saw Roy Moore could win, and they saw an opportunity here to maybe get the Senate, because the Senate, was it was going to be a difficult proposition for them to take over the Senate in 2018 because of the 34 seats up for re-election, 26 are Democrats. Well, actually, technically 24 Democrats, two are independents, but the two independents are, that are up, Bernie Sanders and Angus King, caucus with the Democrats. So essentially 26 Democrats to only eight Republicans. So the Democrats figure if we can get we can get back the Senate by throwing Franken under the bus, he resigned and say, look at this. We got all strong-armed with, uh, w- uh, to kind of paraphrase here, we, got all, we uh, expel our perverts, but look at the GOP. They elect theirs. This Roy Moore, who's had multiple credible allegations of behaving inappropriately with women when he was in his 30s, and these women were at the time teenagers. Okay? Look what the GOP did, even though the, the, all of this was brought to their attention. And again, I'm not here to discredit the accusers of Roy Moore. In fact, I found found most of them to be believable and did not want Roy Moore to be the candidate. Thought he should have stepped aside. Okay? But again, that's me. So Eddie Zipper uh, wrote a great—he's a political science professor, and he wrote a terrific piece at the Daily Caller this past week. And it's something I've been saying on this show, and— Eddie Zipper said it probably better than I could. And I'll read it real quick. This is from this past week of the Daily Caller. Three weeks after volunteering as Democrat, Democratic Party tribute Hunger Games style, Al Franken has finally relinquished his Senate seat. Operation Moral High Ground, the Democrats' transparent plan to claim victory in America's hashtag Me Too moment, was a simple one. Step one, run Al Franken out of town. No ethics investigation, no consideration of Minnesota voters, no censure or lesser discipline, just an aggressive frankenectomy. Step two, sit back and wait for alleged pedophile Roy Moore to win a Senate seat in an Alabama special election. Step three, make sure Franken's exit shares a news cycle with Roy Moore's entrance. It would have been the holy grail of partisan juxtaposition, the split-screen video image to end all split-screen video images. Step four, scream into the echo chamber that Republicans are the Roy Moore, Roy Moore party and Democrats are the party of women. But Roy Moore lost, and Operation Moral High Ground turned out to be an Acme rocket that blew up Al Franken and left Senate Republicans meet-meeping as they ran down the road to tax reform. I love that roadrunner analogy. That's great. In the end, the Democratic Party sacrificed one of their most high-profile senators without gaining one square inch of moral high ground. And here's the thing. The Democrats can still try to claim some sort of moral high ground because they got rid of a real popular senator in Al Franken. But what did it cost them politically? Tina Smith coming in, it's a lateral move. She's just as far left progressive, going to be a rubber stamp for the Democrat resistance movement against Donald Trump as Al Franken was. She's not going to be an acerbic jerk. And truth be told, I don't miss Al Franken. I'm glad he's gone. But where's the due process in all this? David Axelrod, the former chief, uh, uh, President Obama's senior advisor, 
during the Obama two terms. He even came out with a tweet after Al Franken resigned. He says, you know, it would have been nice if he got his due process. He never got a due process, never got an ethics hearing, da-da-da. Well, in the, in the immortal words of Tanya Tucker, it's a little too late to do the right thing now because all the, the only standard the Democrats had is all women have a right to be believed, which I don't disagree with. But shouldn't there still be some due process? And how ironic is all of this that it was an Obama-era policy regarding sexual assaults on campus that basically removed due process for the accused? And now the senior advisor to President Obama is going to squawk about due process when he sat idly by when the president, basically via executive fiat, came in and said there had to be a minimum uh, standard for uh, for for uh, prosecuting rape charges on campus, on campus tribunals. Now, technically, a lot of these students that were expelled, they weren't thrown in jail and weren't accused of any law, uh, uh, breaking any laws. But this goes on their academic record of why they were expelled from a university. And that makes it difficult to get into another university. And guess what? Can't continue your college education. It's going to inhibit your job prospects. All because... They wanted to implement these on-campus tribunals that essentially undermine due process. And it's so undermined due process that far-left progressive Governor Jerry Brown of California even pointed that out. When you lost Jerry Brown in, 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 in this kind of a progressive undermining of this country, uh, yeah, you, you know you've done something wrong. So it, it, that was kind of rich from uh, David Axelrod to... Uh, to start complaining about Al Franken not getting his due process. But Democrats, you bl- you have nobody to blame but yourself for this whole mess. Uh, it's your bed, so lie in it, sleep in it, whatever the saying goes. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also use hashtag NARN if you'd like to weigh in via Twitter. And the ripple effects continue now that Al Franken's gone. Tina Smith is in. Has it triggered a constitutional crisis down in St. Paul? We'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most, right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Are you looking to change your cleaning service? Hi, this is Jessica Carter, and I am the owner of CTC Professionals. We specialize in cleaning offices, car dealerships, and small businesses. One of the main things that makes us different is the fact that we are small, family-owned, and that enables us to offer affordable pricing. The first thing that I will do is with you, do a walkthrough of your facility, go over in detail what exactly you'd like done, and I ensure that it gets done at every cleaning. We use a detailed checklist, and we pay close attention to detail, and you're going to see that after each cleaning. So here's a no-risk offer for you. Try us free for one week. We'll clean your business, and then we'll ask you if you can tell the difference between what we do and your current cleaning company. No obligation, risk-free. We're CTC professionals, and we would love to clean your business. So call me today at 651-404-0132. 
Grab a cup of coffee and help Gallagher's Army at Lucky Station. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. You know Gallagher's Army provides financial assistance to the families of fallen officers when they need it most, as soon as a tragedy occurs. When you buy a cup of coffee at any Lucky's Station convenience store, they're going to make a donation to Gallagher's Army, the Fallen Officer Fund. There's a Lucky's Station store in every corner of the metro. Find them online at luckysstations.com. That's luckys with an S, stations with an S, dot com. Cups for cups from Lucky's Stations. I'm Jan Markill, helping you understand the times. The cross isn't the center then. The cross is almost a distraction and false advertising for God. The Bible says that leadership in the church will continually grow more secular as the time gets closer to his return. Paul the Apostle writes, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Sound teaching can be defined as teaching that is Bible based with the influences of tradition or culture. Today, church leaders aren't being trained to teach the Bible. They are trained to culturally be relevant with the Bible, which is a disaster in knowing the truth. It is time for a new reformation, one that gets us back to the Bible. For more information, listen to our weekend program on this station or anytime at olivetreeviews.org. I'm talking to the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson, back. See what they did? They're back for a second segment on the broadcast. Thanks, as always, for tuning into the show today. Sorry, I got a lip sync to the Ustream video. Check it out later if you want to be entertained or repulsed. <laughs> Hey, here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also use a hashtag NARN to weigh in via Twitter. And check out our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page as well. Give it a like. Add a comment or two. Hey, feel free. We'd love to hear from you. Well, I like I indicated, Al Franken moving on from the Senate and Lieutenant Governor, Minnesota Lieutenant Governor Tina Smith being elevated to interim senator. That left the lieutenant governor's position open. What a lieutenant governor does, uh, I have no idea. No one really seems to know, uh, except take over for the governor if the governor happens to fall ill, be incapacitated, whatever. But aside from that, I really don't know what a lieutenant governor does. So as a result of Tina Smith being elevated from lieutenant governor to U.S. senator, they need to fill the lieutenant governor uh, position. And the way that goes is the president of the Senate the Minnesota Senate is elevated to the lieutenant governor position. Well, the president of the Minnesota Senate was Republican Michelle Fishbach. So she was elevated to the lieutenant governor role. And now this seems to have triggered what they call a constitutional crisis. I want to read a Pioneer Press story from Dave Oreck. Minnesota State Senate President Michelle Fishbach became the state's lieutenant governor Wednesday. Or did she? Fishbach hedged her new title, calling herself a, quote, acting lieutenant governor, close quote, a phrase that does not appear anywhere in the Minnesota Constitution. She hasn't taken the oath, oath of office, an act the Constitution says she shall take, and she's refusing to accept compensation for lieutenant governor. 
Welcome to Minnesota's latest political intrigue, made possible by the resignation of former U.S. Senator Al Franken, who was formally replaced Wednesday by now U.S. Senator Tina Smith, who resigned from her former position as lieutenant governor when still Governor Mark Dayton appointed Smith to succeed Franken. All this drama around the traditionally not-that-big-a-deal position of lieutenant governor is because Fishback, a Republican, doesn't want to be forced out of her Senate seat, which she has held since 1996, and which she refused to vacate Wednesday. If she is forced to resign from the Senate, as the Senate's top Democrat is demanding, even calling her a, quote, former colleague, close quote, it's possible Republicans could lose their slim majority in the Senate. So, yeah. This is about politics. Well, uh, duh, of course it's about politics. Here's the thing. Right now, the Republicans have a 34 to 33 majority in the Minnesota Senate, razor thin. So Fishbach has to vacate her Senate seat and become lieutenant governor. Well, then, of course, it's basically a deadlock, 33-33. So there would have to be a special election for Fishbach's Senate seat, and would that be able to be put in place before the session gets started next month. I believe the session starts February 20th, so a month and a half away. Probably not. So therefore, sometime into the session, there would be a deadlock, 33-33. And so this is about politics. This is about the the DFL in St. Paul, particularly Governor Dayton, trying to undermine the Republican majority in the legislature because the Republicans have the majority in both the House and the Senate. And of course... That is a source of irritation for Governor Dayton. Hence, he vetoed the legislature's operating budget this past cycle because he didn't like some of the things that were in the tax bill, but he didn't want to go without signing the tax bill. So he said he'd okay the budget and the tax bill, but he line-item vetoed the budget, which the Supreme Court eventually upheld saying he could do, never mind the fact that the governor coerced the legislature by saying, you know, basically saying, well, a nice operating budget there. Be ashamed if something happened to it. He basically demanded that they come back to the negotiating table. Otherwise, he'd zero out their budget, which sounds like textbook coercion, but the Supreme Court uh, decided to exercise, quote-unquote, judicial restraint. Okay, whatever. Well, can't go to that well again. Can't very well uh, go to that well again. So apparently, elevating Michelle Fishbach to lieutenant governor and forcing her out out of the Senate, well, then that would... Like I say, have a thirty-three, thirty-three deadlock. It'd be basically gridlock in the Senate, and they they could it would force the Republicans to maybe acquiesce to some things the Democrats want. A lot more so, anyways. So the fight, you know, as with the fight over the question of Dayton having the authority to veto the operation operating budget of a co-equal branch of government, uh, this saga also looks to be facing some legal challenges because if. Michelle Fishbach is forced to vacate her Senate seat if she is because it sounds to me like she's waiting for the Democrats to maybe bring this to court. She's going to say, look, I'm going to February 20th, I'm going to show up in the Senate and I'm going to serve the constituents for who for by whom I was elected. You know, what are they going to do? Uh bring in a, a bunch of a bunch of thugs to try to physically drag her out of there. Okay, well this isn't Venezuela or any other country where they would use such fo- uh physical coercive tactics like that. All right? So they probably maybe take it to court, try to try to I don't I don't know how this would work out. I'm the furthest thing from a legal beagle, so I'd be speaking out of ignorance if I tried to speculate. 
but here's the one thing I was thinking of. You know what the one thing is which would make which for would well for the most part make this whole drama moot? Does anybody remember that there's actually a special election taking place in a certain Senate district down in like the St. Paul Park, Cottage Grove area? Yeah, Senate District 54, uh, outgoing DFL Senator Dan Schoen was also a victim of this um, Me Too movement. Although, to be fair, there were some texts that were uh, surfaced. And it turns out he sent some explicit text to the <clears throat> wrong person. Whoops. Awkward. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and who is he supposed to? Who is he? I would like to know who he was. Orig- well, no, I wouldn't. Really wouldn't. But I'm curious. Who was he originally trying to send it to? But <clears throat> I digress. Well, this special election takes place on February 12th, which is eight days before session starts. So if the Republican prevails in this special election, which is plausible given that both House seats in Senate District 54 are occupied by Republicans, then all of a sudden the 33-33 deadlock, assuming that Michelle Fishbach is not in her Senate seat, would then become a 34-32 to GOP majority entering the start of the legislative session, which again is slated to t- start eight days after this special election. So would that would that would that not be some poetic justice for all the posturing that the Democrats are doing to try to undermine the Republicans majority in the Senate for the Republicans to actually go out and win this special election on February 12th. Now, special elections are a crapshoot because turnout is typically low. But in a normal cycle, there's a good chance a Republican would win this because, like I say, there are two Republican House members already in that district. So we'll see. But that would probably be the best way to solve this whole issue. But Michelle Fishbach has gone on the record basically saying if she's legally forced out of her Senate seat, she'll resign as lieutenant governor and then just run for senator in her old Senate seat. And she'd probably get she'd probably get elected. And then then you've wasted a bunch of time and valuable resources with all these legally legal challenges. So, uh, man, uh, there you go. I mean, the, the 2018 news cycle. We're not even a week into the new year, and yet we already have these crazy stories. Hey, speaking of uh, Al Franken's old Senate seat, uh, there's some also big names that are thinking of getting in on the GOP side. Friend of the show, Karen Housley, has already declared. Who are some of the other big names? Well, we'll talk a little bit about that. 651-289-4488, or use hashtag NARN via Twitter. Me, Brad Carlson, the clothes are right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. I can't stand to fly. I'm not that naive. I'm just. Hey, good day. Welcome to our super cold show, eh? Hey, good day to you, Hoser. Hey, you know what the best thing about winters in Minnesota are? <laughs> I know. It's my Arctic Spa and Swim Spa. They're made in Canada for these ultra-cold Minnesota winters, eh? You know, you keep saying that, but what exactly does that mean? Hey, they got that patented forever floor that doesn't need a concrete slab, eh? And they got that patented walk-on cover that holds up to 1,000 pounds of snow, eh? And everything in between. Arctics are built for the cold. In fact, anyone can build a hot tub. But Arctic knows how to make them work in the harshest of environments. You should see everything they put into these spas. <laughs> yeah, and how they are in the power bills, are too, Are you man. kidding? That's what Arctic does best. Hot water for very little dough, eh? Yeah, so if you're looking to buy one right now, eh? Or just making the plans, visit Premier Pool and Chanassin today, eh? And see what a true cold-weather spa looks like. Premier Pool and Spa? where we take fun seriously online at premierpools.com. Take off, eh? 
you need to catch up on your life savings and investments? Do you know that right now we are very likely in the first year of a new bull market? William O'Neill, editor of the Investor's Business Daily and author of many great stock trading books, has said that the most money is made in the first year of a new bull market. My family has believed this and experienced it for many generations. I'm David Mitchell, founder and CEO of Tradeway. I've taught our family methods of stock trading and investing in most of the major cities around the nation for many years with the goal of having many of our clients trade for a living. You don't have to do that unless you want to fire your boss, but wouldn't it be great to take the confusing world of investing and find it understandable, even simple and fun? That is what can happen when you attend a Tradeway event called Step 1, Start Your Journey. You'll learn how the stock market works, how to spot patterns, how to know when to buy and sell a stock, how to even know how to pick your own stocks, and when it might be better to stay in cash. You'll leave the event more confident in your family's financial future and secure in Tradeway's ability to support you along the way. You can bring your entire family for only $99.95. Plus, you'll receive an extra ticket to bring a friend. And at the end of the two days, if you don't love it, you can get your money back. doesn't get better than that. So come take your first step to financial freedom and attend our live two-day event called Step 1, Start Your Journey. Coming to the Sheraton Bloomington, January 26th and 27th. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. Welcome back, AM 12 the Patriots. So Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson, the closer, closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. You can check out my friend and colleague, King Banyan, every Saturday from 9 to 11 a.m. on the King Banyan Show. That's on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. And King's show is also replayed Sundays at that same time, 9 to 11 a.m., on AM 1440. And my friend and colleague Mitch Berg is heard on these very airwaves, AM 1280 The Patriot, every Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. He is the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance. I am the closer, closing out every weekend, 2 to 3 Sunday afternoons. And as always, we appreciate you joining us. Hey, I want to uh, promote a big event uh, coming up. We know we've got some of our loyal listeners are members of a church or have ranking positions in a church or a Christian school. So if you are in leadership or a decision-maker at your church or Christian school, you are invited to join us at the second annual Crisis and Security Summit Wednesday, January 24th at the Doubletree Double by Hilton in Bloomington. Now, this is a free event, and it features experts in the fields of preparing for and responding to a crisis, cybersecurity, physical security plans, and more. The event is free, but you must pre-register at am1280thepatriot.com. This event is brought to you in part by Henningsen and Snoxel, Attorneys at Law, and AM1280, The Patriot. And given some of the uh, mass shootings we have heard of at Houses of Faith and um, people of faith, yeah, this is definitely relevant for the times. Again, go to am1280thepatriot.com. It is the Crisis and Security Summit, a free event taking place Wednesday, January 24th at the Double Tree by Hilton in Bloomington. 
want to move on to some other news stories from this past week. We talked quite a bit about uh, the ripple effects of Al Franken moving on from the Senate and Lieutenant Governor Tina Smith being elevated to that position, and now it's creating a bunch of chaos down at St. Paul. Well, now there's candidates stepping up on the GOP side for uh, the to fill out the final two terms of Franken's old seat, now Tina Smith's current seat. And it sounds as though a lot of the Democrats, they're rallying behind Tina Smith to run for uh, election in 2018, and Tina Smith says she has every intention of doing so. And some big names who thought of maybe running for the seat, particularly Congressman Keith Ellison, Congressman Tim Walls, have both gone on the record saying, yeah, Tina Smith is a person we're rallying behind. So it doesn't appear that any other Democrat candidates would get in to oppose Smith. But on the Republican side, it's it's pretty much a free-for-all. Now, we had on the on our airways a few weeks ago Karen Housley, Minnesota State Senator Karen Housley, friend of the broadcast, who indicated she was taking a look at it. And within a week, she decided, yeah, I'm going to vie for the GOP nomination to oppose Tina Smith in the 2018 uh, special election. Well, another big name has uh, come forth, and someone we know well, someone who's actually uh, been on the broadcast before, former Congresswoman uh, Michelle Bachman. Let's uh, read from a uh, Pioneer Press story. Uh, Michelle Bachman, the deeply conservative former Congresswoman and one-time presidential contender, said she is considering running for Al Franken's former Senate seat in Minnesota. Bachman recently told televangelist Jim Baker, I got to... Just an aside, I got to podcast that. Michelle Bachman on with Jim Baker? Uh, yeah, I got to find that podcast. I'll see if it's out there. Uh, anyways, Bachman recently told televangelist Jim Baker that she had been, has been praying about the decision since Franken announced plans last month, excuse me, last month to leave the Senate amid sexual misconduct allegations. Franken, a Democrat, officially resigned on Tuesday. I've had people contact me and urge me to run for that Senate seat, Bogman said during Baker's TV show on December 27. Am I being called to this now? I don't know. I'll, I'll just say up front, I, Michelle Bachman represented uh, our congressional district. I live in the 6th. Uh, she was first elected in tw- 2006, served four terms, decided not for, to run for re-election in uh, 2014. And she was probably the most conservative member of the congressional delegation that was sent to Washington from the state of Minnesota. And CD6, demographically, is probably the most conservative district. Typically, it runs around R plus 9, 10. You know, close close second is uh, the 7th, which has been represented by a conservative Democrat, Colin Peterson, for many, many years. But CD6, definitely the most conservative district. In Minnesota. Well, Michelle Bachman, when she ran for her final term, which turned out to be her final term in 2012, spent millions of dollars to be reelected in a reliably red congressional district and yet beat her Democrat opponent, Jim Graves, by less than a point. So. I say that to say, if you have a conservative Republican looking to want run for a statewide race, okay, again, a Republican has not won a statewide race since Governor Pawlenty was reelected in 2006. So what on earth makes anybody think, particularly Michelle Bachman, believe that she can win a statewide race in, in the state of Minnesota? 
with with her with her reputation with her chops. Now, for me personally, I admire Bachman's passion when she isn't employing the, as my college colleague Berg says, the ready fire aim speaking strategy, where she has a tendency to pop off a few rounds before she's actually aiming properly, and it's and it's hurt her a lot. And I'm aligned with her on most political issues. But let's let's get rid of the wiggle room here. And again, this is just my opinion, me talking. If, if you want to disagree with me, hey, give us a call, 651-289-4488. Leave a message on Twitter at hashtag N-A-R-N. And tell me if I'm wrong. And if you think I'm wrong, tell me why I'm wrong. But I'm just going to get rid of any wiggle room here. Bachman has zero chance. Again, I love her but has zero chance to win a statewide race in Minnesota. And I remember the 2012 election cycle. I was I was doing calls from our call center up there, uh, just doing some phone banking, trying to, uh, and there was some questions we were asking of, uh, of individuals as we were calling them. And we'd mark down the answers to the questions and then submit them accordingly. And then it was, you know, they know who to target for a voter outreach. And the questions were, you know, how how conservative is this person we're talking to? And the questions were something along the lines of, you know, do you believe the national debt can be eliminated by raising taxes, most effectively by raising taxes, cutting spending, or a combination of both? Or uh, do you believe Obamacare has been helpful to most Americans or hurtful to most Americans? You know, something along those lines. There were like four or five questions. And it was amazing. A lot of people we targeted in the 6th answered them very conservatively. All of them wanted to cut spending, not raise taxes, not even do a combination of cut spending and raise taxes, just cut spending. Most of them said that Obamacare has hurt most Americans. They were answering all of these very conservatively. And the last question we asked, this was 2012, when I was doing phone banking in 2012, is if the election were held today, would you vote to reelect Michelle Bachman to Congress? And the vast majority of them, oh, my gosh, nope, she's an embarrassment to this district. Nope, get rid of her. She needs to go. And this is despite the fact that most of them answered questions where positions were aligned with Michelle Bachman, yet they didn't want her to go back to Washington. What does that tell you? It's because they got tired of having to defend some of the things she said. And, of course, when Michelle Bachman would employ her ready, fire, aim speaking strategy— she would get ripped apart on social media, and then she'd send these panicked emails, fuzzing emails, saying, I'm being attacked by the leftist attack machine. Now, I get it. I get it. Leftists are going to attack conservatives just for what they believe. Forget if they never say anything. They'll be attacked for strictly their voting record. So Michelle Bachman obviously just further hurt her cause. But my point is, is that I would hang up the phone and I'd be like, <laughs> because all of these people, despite the fact they are fiscal and social conservatives, do not want Michelle Bachman, who is a fiscal conservative and a social conservative, returning to Washington to represent them. And sure enough, on election night, she won by the skin of her teeth. And it was that point where Jim Graves, her Democrat opponent, said, you know what, I think we can take the seat 2014. I'm auto- automatically declaring I'm running again. 
Well, in less than a year after the 2012 election cycle, Michelle Bachman declared she was not going to seek re-election. And then literally the next day, Jim Graves dropped out. Why? Because the, the literally the only thing a Democrat has going for them in CD6 is if Michelle Bachman's their opponent. So I say all this, I give you all, all this history to say that if she has to struggle that much to win the most conservative congressional district in the state of Minnesota, how on God's green earth does she think she could win a statewide election? Can't happen. And again, it pains me to say this because I am politically aligned with Michelle Bachman. But if someone's going to represent me, I want to be sure that they're going to be a little more stable when they're out there on the speaking circuit. Now, I'm not here to imply that Michelle Bachman's mentally unstable or anything. When I say stable, I mean someone who is not going to commit these verbal gaffes, these verbal missteps. So uh, I... In the end, I'm I'm hopeful that Michelle Bachman decides not to run in this race. Now, again, I, I take prayer very seriously. She says, you know, she's she's praying about this, going to see where her heart leads her. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm all about divine intervention. I believe in divine intervention and, and how the Lord can guide people in in fa- certain phases of life. So I'm I, I'm not going to denigrate her stance on that because I believe she's very serious. But again, uh, unless she's gone over, unless she's kind of gone through a major overhaul and how her speaking style is going to be out there on the stump, uh, this is a non-starter. So Michelle Bachman's another one rumored to get in. Who's to say, I know governor plenty was asked about it last month in, in December. It's a little over a month ago or about a month ago when Al Franken first started having his issues and that, he, it was pretty much a certainty that he was probably going to be forced out. And Governor Pawlenty has continued, at least from what I've seen, has said on the record he's politically retired. But what does that say about the Minnesota Republican Party when we the last candidate who won a statewide election 12 years ago, we're pinning our hopes back on him? I mean, Governor Pawlenty's been out of the campaign game for 12 years. Now, again, that's not to say he can't pick it up. That's not to say he wouldn't be a prolific fundraiser. I'm sure he could campaign again effectively and be a prolific fundraiser. I'm not denying any of that. But we're pinning our hopes on someone who, again, was last in the game in 2006. I, I just I just don't see where that's going to lead us. And I know the uh, landscape has changed quite a bit, and it has Governor Plenty evolved with that. Who's to say? Uh, I'd be interested to see how that all shakes out. So as the uh, rumors circulate, and again, I'm sure there's going to be weekly rumors circulating about who the Republican candidate will be, to oppose Tina Smith in 2018. But Michelle Bachman, sorry, for me, personally, I'm speaking for myself, non-starter. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also reach out to us via Twitter at hashtag NARN, hashtag N-A-R-N, for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And we'll be back with one final segment on the broadcast here in the Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Go nowhere. I would walk 10 miles on the mile. AM 1280, The Patriot. Do you know that a recent politician once asked, I've wondered at times what the Ten Commandments would have looked like if Moses had run them through the U.S. Congress. That's a quote from Ronald Reagan, of course. He showed us through his life, his faith, and with his words that Judeo-Christian values and principles still matter. 
You can help spread the legacy of Ronald Reagan, and you can do it by getting a Reagan email address. Right now, if you have a Gmail, AOL, Yahoo, or other big tech company email address, you help them market their services with every email you send. In return... They scan your emails and target you with unwanted advertising. Now, thanks to our sponsor, ReaganPrivacy.com, you can instead share the Reagan name with every email you send, and they won't scan your emails. They will leave you alone. Get an email address you'll be proud to own at ReaganPrivacy.com. Your very own personal private email address is available to you at ReaganPrivacy.com. Go get your Reagan email address right now at ReaganPrivacy.com. The results are in. A survey of Inc. 5000 companies shows the top barriers to growth. It's taking finance too long to close the books. So slow to launch new products. We need to hire good people and keep them. Too many disconnected systems. I can't see what's happening in my business. Sounds like they've outgrown their business and financial management systems. QuickBooks and spreadsheets worked fine at the start, but now it takes twice the effort to get things done. And you can't get accurate answers. You should know the number one system for growing companies, NetSuite from Oracle. NetSuite is the one system that tracks and manages revenue, cash flow, HR, inventory, projects, even e-commerce for every industry. Now you can run your business from a dashboard on your phone. That's why thousands of companies use NetSuite. It's the only system you need to run your business. Go to NetSuite.com radio to get your free guide called Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth. That's NetSuite.com radio. Webster's Dictionary defines a meeting as a gathering of people for a particular purpose, such as to talk about business. No matter how big or small your meeting is, WNAV Audiovisual can help. Because at WNAV Audiovisual, your meeting is our business. Hi, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAV Audiovisual. Today, over 26 million meetings will take place in the United States. In today's fast-paced world, meetings are essential to keep people connected. In today's fast-paced world, you have to get business done now. Whether your meeting is in a conference room, auditorium, ballroom, or sanctuary, WNAV can provide you with audiovisual equipment and expertise quickly, smoothly, and efficiently. And we've been serving Minnesota since 1983. Learn more about what WNAV's technicians can do for you online at WNAV-video.com. That's WNAV-video.com. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Welcome back, Game 12 to the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson, one final segment on the broadcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning into the show. And we hope what you like to do is tune into the Northern Alliance Radio Network every weekend as we gear up for a busy, a very busy 2018. But it's going to be fun. And thank goodness we have a microphone to talk about all this. Hey, I want to uh, address an uh, interesting tweet that uh, Congressman Keith Ellison put out. You know, I, uh, I started another Twitter account a few months ago because I wanted to keep my uh, political tweets just on my AM1280 Brad Twitter handle. And then I've got a, another Twitter handle, Brad underscore Carlson, where I just talk about pretty much everything else. Uh, so I keep that separate. So, uh, But Keith Ellison blocked me on my old Twitter account. Uh, I don't know why. I don't. I, I may have. I may have tweeted some things at him or replied to some tweets of his before, but I certainly nothing 
at least in my opinion, uh, that scandalous or belligerent, but whatever, he blocked me. But now that I have a new Twitter account, I started following him again on the uh, my AM1280 Brad Twitter handle, and I saw a tweet he put out. And uh, here's here's how exactly how the tweet is written. At Moon Palace Books, and I just found the book that strike fear in the heart of real Donald Trump. Of course, uh, re- at real Donald Trump is the president's uh, Twitter handle. And it's a picture of Keith Ellison holding a book saying Antifa, the anti-fascist handbook. Now, if you know anything about Antifa, they're about as anti-fascist as Democratic People's Republic of Korea, a.k.a. North Korea, is Democratic. Okay, it's a misnomer. They're not anti-fascist because using violence and vandalism to shut down speech that you don't like or shut down an assembly that you don't like, that's textbook fascism. And yet it's the tactics that they use, and they're unapologetic about it. Because Donald Trump supporters are dangerous people. Donald Trump himself is a dangerous person, is spewing very dangerous thoughts and have very dangerous ideas. So by any means necessary, which is the name of another group, we're going to shut down their assembly. We're going to shut down their speech. And they're most famous for uh, basically looting and vandalizing different buildings in Berkeley when Ann Coulter was scheduled to come speak at the University of California, Berkeley. Now, far be it for me to ever defend Ann Coulter or much of anything. I know Ann Coulter claims to be conservative and is ideologically probably conservative, but she's also more of a provocateur than anything, which isn't my style, but your mileage may vary. But this idea that they're going to commit acts of vandalism and violence just to shut down a speech, each somebody saying something they don't like, I mean, that's just, that. those are three-year-old tactics where you roll around in the street and have a temper tantrum. Here's a, here's a suggestion. Don't go to the speech! I mean, is that really diff- that difficult of a concept? If you don't, if you're, if someone's going to say something that you don't want to hear, guess what? Don't go! Unless, God forbid, somebody goes to one of these speeches where a conservative speaker comes and they emit conservative ideas and it actually causes student, students to engage in, oh, I don't know, critical thinking? Nuanced thinking? Th- this is where we are now, where there can be no critical thinking taking place in classrooms on campuses anymore. There's no ideological diversity. And guess what? They don't even try to hide it anymore. They don't even, they don't, these these groups say, we, we don't want a diversity of ideas. We don't want to engage in the arena of ideas. These are our ideas, and we're going to implement them, again, by any means necessary. That, again, that doesn't sound very anti-fascist to me. That sounds very pro-fascist, okay? All right, all that aside, I bring that up to say Keith Ellison, sitting congressman representing Congressional District 5, probably the most progressive, bluest district in the state of Minnesota. It encompasses all of the city of Minneapolis, and there are some first-tier suburbs like Golden Valley, St. Louis Park, Fridley, Spring Lake Park, Hopkins, and I think part of Minnetonka, or maybe even a dying. I'm not 100% sure. But primarily it's Hennepin County. Very, very, very left center. And again, like I've said many times before, a wind-up set of chattering teeth could run as a Democrat in CD5 and still get about 50% of the vote. So the fact that uh, a CD5 congressman holds up a book touting Antifa, no big deal. It's not going to resonate CD5. People aren't going to care. 
Keith Ellison will still get rubber stamped in 65 to 70% of the vote. But you know what else Keith, Keith Ellison also is? What other position he holds? He's the deputy chair of the Democratic National Committee. You know, the DNC that's in charge of supporting Democrat candidates? So you, you mean to tell me that Democrat candidates in some of these suburban areas and maybe even Democrats trying to make hay in rural areas, trying to get constituents back there, trying to get their the working class white voters back into their constituency, ones they've had for many, many years, many election cycles, are, are they going to be all that excited about uh, the sitting deputy chair touting Antifa tactics? Seriously? I mean, even Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, the Democrat minority leader in the U.S. House, okay, a hint, not a conservative stooge. Even she came out and condemned Antifa's tactics in light of the Berkeley protests. Okay? But yet Keith Ellison holds up this book and nary a peep out of any media outlets. Not many. Although my uh, friend and colleague Mitch Berg pointed out how the AP, uh, or, or, um, or yeah, it was a Pioneer Press story byline from the Associated Press. And uh, this is from Mitch's blog, shotinthedark.info. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Just lost my place. Yeah, the uh, article said, Allison's Post said the book should, quote, strike fear into the heart, close quote, of President Donald Trump. Well, actually, Keith Ellison said strike fear in the heart, not into the heart. And again, maybe that splitting hairs, parsing out things. But as Mitch asked, and I'm curious, too, why did the AP feel the need to correct Keith Ellison's grammar? Maybe chew on that one for a little bit. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hey, folks, as always, it goes way too quick. I've had a lot of fun on the broadcast today, but we'll be back in the same spot, same time next week, 2 p.m. Central Time, right here, AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. Closing time. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. If you're young and healthy, you don't need life insurance, right? Yeah, that's what I used to think, too, until my brother died at 38. Joe left his wife with two kids, a mortgage, and a stack of bills she couldn't pay. Mary had to sell the house and move everybody into this tiny two-bedroom apartment just to make ends meet. I never want to do that to my wife, so I got life insurance. I called AIG Direct and was really surprised how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. Listen, if you have a family, you should seriously think about getting life insurance. You'll feel a lot better having it. Trust me. Call AIG Direct for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you could save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-981-0472. That's 1-800-981-0472. 1-800-981-0472. Do you have sleep apnea? Are you tired of dragging your big, bulky CPAP device with you whenever you leave home? Yeah, well, I was too. That's why I'm so glad I called to try the Transcend Mini CPAP for 10 nights. I can't imagine living without it now. My Transcend is smaller than a soda can and weighs less than a pound. That's less hassle to carry than my shaving kit. Plus, I was able to add a battery pack that's as tiny as a deck of cards. But hey, that's not all. Transcend is FAA compliant, too, which means I can finally sleep comfortably while flying. Heck, I can sleep comfortably anywhere now. 
So if that all sounds good to you, call now to give Transcend a try. You'll be glad you did. Experience the life-changing freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere thanks to Transcend, the world's very first mini CPAP. To receive your risk-free 10-night trial, call now, 1-800-915-2344. Again, that's 1-800-915-2344. 1-800-915-2344. This is a special notice to all U.S. taxpayers. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's good news. Due to the financial hardship many are facing in today's economy, the IRS has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative. Qualifying for this program will resolve your tax problem, end all collections, and possibly reduce your back taxes by up to 90%. If you are facing wage garnishments, liens, bank levies, audits, or payroll taxes, it's not too late. Your circumstances may qualify you for this special program, protecting your savings and your assets. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's no need to worry anymore. Call the hotline at Victory Tax Solutions to see if you qualify and potentially save thousands. For this free information, call 800-420-2121. 800-420-2121. That's 800-420-2121. This is AM 1280. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.